Well, I'm grateful to be back here, actually. I was telling Mark this morning that uh, it still feels like home when I walk in this building, which is a really good thing because it's only been five weeks, so <laughs> that'd be pretty bad, actually, if it didn't, but I'm very excited to be back um, and to have the opportunity to share with you this morning uh, what's ahead in my life, but I want to start this morning with a question, actually a couple questions, and I want to ask you to imagine if you can, just imagine yourself standing downtown on a sidewalk, you're beside a busy street, and you look out into the street and you see a stranger who's standing in the middle of the street, and he's completely unaware of the fact that there is a large gravel truck coming at a high speed directly for him. My question for you is, would you tell that stranger that the truck is coming? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question. All of us would, would obviously tell the stranger standing in the street. At the very least, we would tell him. At the very least, we'd likely shout at the top of our lungs, get out of the way. And in fact, many of us would likely run out into the street. and We'd grab that stranger and we'd pull them to safety, wouldn't we? The second question I have for you is, I guess just, just imagine yourself this time in the middle of one of Alberta's worst winter storms. And so it's minus 40. It's a terrible thing to imagine. I'm sorry. But it, it's minus 40. It's a complete whiteout. It's snowing heavily. And at the same time, you're actually out in the wilderness. You're in the foothills and the mountains. You're in the middle of nowhere. And in the midst of this storm, you're sitting inside of, of a warm, cozy cabin. Sitting beside a fire, you got all your friends there, you have all your family, you're sipping some hot cocoa in the middle of this uh, incredibly terrible storm. And out of the corner of your eye, as you're taking a sip of your hot chocolate, you, you, you catch out the window the glimpse of, of a stranger, and he's walking through this intense, freezing blizzard. And as you watch him through the window, he falls to his knees and he falls to his face. My question for you is, would you open your door for that stranger in the middle of the wilderness, freezing to death in the storm? I'd hope all of us would answer, yes, we'd open our door for that stranger. In fact, many of us would run out the door. We'd grab that stranger and we'd pull them in. If we couldn't carry them on our shoulder, we'd find some way to, grab, to get them inside of our warm cabin. We'd feed them and we would bring them in, wouldn't we? The reason I ask you those questions this morning is because I have to confess that in recent years of my life, I've had these experiences. And as I've stared at a stranger standing in the middle of a street with a truck coming straight for him, I've refused to say a word and give him any warning. And as I've been in the wilderness staring out my warm, cozy cabin window at a stranger who's in the wilderness freezing to death, I've refused to, to open my door, let alone run out. And go and grab that stranger. Well, obviously, I haven't had these literal experiences. I haven't let a stranger get hit by a truck or freeze to death in the wilderness. But, but as I look across the landscape of Calgary, I see a spiritual reality. And as this spiritual reality has become more apparent to me, my eyes have opened to the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of lives right now in this city People that I'm seeing all around me every day who are living in darkness. And what I mean by darkness is I mean that they're living separated from 
the God who created them. They're living unaware of the fact that a God not only created them, but loves them deeply. They're, they're living unaware of the fact that there is this incredible grace and forgiveness, this incredible, powerful love that transforms your life, this hope and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. They're living unaware of this in darkness, hopeless through my eyes. That's a spiritual reality that I see in this city. And the other side of that is the reality that I'm in spiritually and i'm living in faith through faith in jesus christ in god's love i'm living within this environment where i have god's grace and his hope and and at the same time as i look out at these strangers who spiritually speaking are in the middle of a street with a truck coming for them i'm not saying anything and as they're in the wilderness and they're freezing to death i'm not even opening my door let alone running out to to get them And I have to confess to you this morning that a lot of my Christian life is being spent sitting inside of a warm cabin, enjoying the fire. The reason I share all this with you this morning is because there's a fire burning in my heart right now. And I'm here this morning to share about a church plant. But I want you to know that this is not... I don't have a fire burning in my heart right now to plant a church. I don't have an incredible, strong desire to plant a church this morning. The fire that's burning in my heart this morning is one that wants to reach the lost. The fire that's burning in my heart is, is, is one that desires sharing Jesus Christ with the lost. I want to ask you a quick question, a third question this morning, and that is, what do you believe the mission of God is? Actually, I'll just ask if you can grab a Bible. There's Bibles in all the pews here. Mostly just, we're not going to be reading, but... Mostly just because these Bibles sit in a, a pew most of the week. If we can all pick them up and just hold it out in front of you. This is a little bit strange, I know. And, and just flip through the pages, just like I'm doing. And as you're flipping through the pages, just take a look at all the words on all of these pages. You can't read them, obviously, as you flip through them. But as you flip through this, this Bible, this book you're now holding in your hand, these words that you're now looking at as you flip through this book, this book is full of this incredible message. And this message is one that, as I read it, of a God who created every single thing that we've ever known, anything that we can even fathom on this earth. God created it. He breathed it all into existence. And at the center of all this creation, you know what he put? He put a man and he put a woman. And he loved this man and woman and had relationship with them. And what I read in this book is the fact that even though there is separation through our sinfulness, this God loved us so intensely and so deeply, he couldn't resist us. And so what we read is a story of a God through Abraham establishing a covenant and these Israelites and the prophets he sent to keep these people in relationship with him. And then by sending of all things his one and his only son, Jesus Christ, to come down and to share this hope, to share this salvation with us, and to call us all back towards Him. And then He hung on a cross. He suffered and He died on a cross. God Himself, the One who created it all, came. And He was on this earth and He was bleeding on a cross and He died for us. That's the story that, that sits actually in these pews most of the week. And that sits on my Bible that stays on a bookshelf far too often. It's an incredible message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And what I believe as I read through the story, what I gather from the story is the fact that God's mission is me. And more importantly, God's mission is this city 
In other words, God's mission is the lost. It's the redemption of lost souls. And as I consider this mission, what's transformed everything for me, the reason this fire, I say, is burning inside my heart this morning, the reason that God has led me toward planting a church and why I've chosen to do this, and and everything I'm going to share with you this morning, it's not necessarily all about planting a church. This is about reaching the lost for Christ. And what changed everything for me was this thought. If I'm not concerned about the lost, I'm not concerned about the mission of God. I truly believe that if I'm not concerned about the lost, I'm not concerned at all about the mission of God. I want to share with you some of the, some of the, the details, the nuts and bolts, uh, largely actually some of the, just the foundational things that are, we're going to use to shape who we'll be as a church. It's hard to share uh, enough with you when I have just a, a brief time, but I, I, wanted, I do want to share with you some of the actual, um, I guess, direction-forming things, some of the real foundational, important things that are going to shape us as a, as a new church in Calgary. And one is our mission, which is living and leading toward God. And so we're going to be a people who are living our lives on a path toward God and leading others' lives on a path toward God. Uh, the big dream for Northern Hills Church is to be a transformed and transforming community of redeemed sinners living our lives and leading others' lives on a path toward God. The dream is to be a people who are continually gathered, and then from that we're sent on mission into our communities. And the result that we're hoping comes from, from us achieving and striving for this mission is, is sorry, will be transformed lives, communities, and nations for the glory of God. And you might look at that, um, and I, I guess I look at that and I think, well, that sounds great, but how in the world are we going to do that? That sounds that sounds awesome, man. If we can do that, I'm that is great. I'll I'll, I'll rejoice, and that'll be amazing. But how are we actually going to do that? One of the ways that we're going to work our best and try our best to actually accomplish this mission as a church are what we're going to call our core values, what we're already calling our core values. And these core values are not meant to describe who we want to be. They're meant to describe who we will be. They're not simply our aspirations. They're the bedrock on which our church will be built. They define our culture and DNA. They'll be used as a filter for every decision and interaction, and they'll also provide a measurement tool for our health and our focus. And so as we consider, are we, are we living our life as a church uh, in the way that we've, we should be. This is the tool that we're going to use in order to, to guide that. And as we're making decisions and forming the ministry of our church or trying to think about where God's leading us next, that we'll have everything filter through these core values. And I'll just go through them quickly for you. We have eight core values. One is love. And not love that is understood in a worldly context, but a biblical love that defies logic and it's blind to self. Love is the fuel that's going to drive us toward accomplishing God's mission for us. Uh, We aim to have God be fully present in our church, as many churches do. And I truly believe that if God is love, then love must reign in us. Otherwise, He won't be present in our church. Even in our disagreements, and especially in our conflict, love must reign. Prayer. We aim to have God fully leading us toward His will for our church. Prayer is our path to aligning our hearts for God's heart, with God's heart. If we are aiming to create a culture of love, then prayer must be our main ingredient. We'll look toward prayers first and action as secondary. We value action. 
We aim to be a church defined by our actions. Our actions, not our words, will display the true depth of our hearts. Our actions, not our words, are what will truly be salt and light to those around us. We will reflect lives of action and will exist to lead others toward action. And intentionality. It's easy to fall into the trap of existing as an individual Christian and even as an entire church family, hoping to fulfill our purposes by accident. We believe that living as a church this way is equivalent to running a marathon blindfolded. We prefer to run the race with our eyes wide open, which means we make all decisions impacting our direction with focused purpose and intentionality. Transparency. We aim to be a transparent community where masks grow smaller and God's grace grows larger. The most dangerous and damaging decision we can make, apart from sin itself, is to hide that sin from one another. If sin is unknown, it's left inside one's heart to grow and take hold. If sin is confessed and brought to light, the path to healing can begin. And then we value change. One of the core aspects of living the Christian life is change, as we are continually molded into reflecting Christ more. As Christians, our decision to follow him and be baptized is a decision to say goodbye to our own desires and seek the transformation of our actions, character, and spirit. For this reason, as a body of believers, we should expect change to be constant as we fulfill our mission to live and lead toward God. Discipleship. Our goal is not simply add people to our number. Our main goal is the multiplication of Christ followers living and leading toward God. Discipleship is essential. Our measurement of success will not stop at how many we are bringing in, but will more strongly focus on how many we are sending out on mission for God. The question we ask is not how many people are here on Sunday, as much as it is, how are our people transforming their communities and leading others toward a life of mission for God? And the eighth is relationship. We value relationship. We believe that strong and healthy relationship is the number one contributor to a culture of effective discipleship, which we're trying to accomplish. If we don't build relationship in the church, then we lose our ability to be led and lead others closer to the heart of Christ. If we don't build a relationship outside our church, then we lose our ability to lead anyone who is lost toward knowing Christ. Our foundation for relationship, and therefore discipleship, will be built through intentionality in the planning of all our ministries, small groups, and our Sunday gatherings. So there's a brief snapshot, I guess, just of kind of the direction we're heading in terms of who we're going to be at the Northern Hills Church. And... Uh, largely, I just want to share that with you so you understand who, the direction we're going and who we're, who we're going to be. Uh, I also want to just share a few brief details about our general plan. Um, obviously, not every detail, but the, the just general overview. Right now, we're actually still in the midst of gathering our core team. We have uh, 16 adults right now, and we have 17 kids on what we're calling a core team. These are people that have committed to uh, basically forming the ministry of our church and have committed to leadership uh, within the ministries of our church. And within about two weeks, uh, we should have another few families. I'm talking to some other families right now. And on October 18th, we're going to begin an eight-week period of training, planning, and preparing as a, as a core team. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff involved in this eight-week period. Um, but that eight-week period is going to be basically meant for us to form as a team, to become a church family, to learn how to worship with one another, to learn how to pray with one another, to learn how to love one another, to learn how to live out these core values together. And on top of all that as well, we're going to be planning the ministry of the church and making sure that we have everything prepared and ready to fit 
people into as we reach out into our communities and hopefully draw in the lost from the northern communities of Calgary. Um, during that period as well, we're going to be recruiting a larger launch team, uh, basically a launch team that's going to come together in January and help us when we start. And so likely another 15 to 20 uh, adults will join us uh, in January. And then we're also going to, in December, have a public awareness campaign. What I mean by that, that doesn't sound very fun or exciting, but basically what we're going to do in December is is have our website and everything ready to put out into our communities, into the neighborhood, into the city of Calgary, and officially become a church that is starting in January. Um, and so we're going to do a, a number of things, some different community events, actually some service events in the communities up there, just to make sure that they all are aware of the fact that, that we're coming, that we're starting, and we'd love for them to join us. So, And then we are going to assemble our entire launch team in January, um, these 30 to 40 adults, and do a couple weeks of preparation and actually planning and, um, and practicing and make sure things like, I don't know, we understand how to use the building that we're going to be in. Um, which actually currently, I didn't put this into what I should share, but it just crossed my mind. I should share this, <laughs> that uh, right now we have Empire Theaters Country Hills um, booked, and so that looks like that's going to be our Sunday meeting location in January. We're also going to have some prayer events as well in January, and I'm hoping to draw in the Calgary Church of Christ and some of you to be part of, of that, and just leading up the two weeks before we start our services and be uh, the public launch of our church, uh, we want to invest heavily in prayer before we do that. And the full launch of Northern Hills Church right now is planned, if everything goes off without a hitch, there's no problems, which I'm sure will happen, uh, is January 19th of 2014, is what we're aiming for at this point. And so how can you support us? Um, You already are. I'm very thankful for all of your support, your encouragement, simple things like your words are incredibly impactful for myself anyway and for other people on our launch team. You don't understand how meaningful it is, how important it is. As I say, I, I come in here and I feel at home. I'm sitting here and I'm singing this morning with my church family. It's, it's an incredible gift and privilege to be part of a church family and have so many people to be part of your church family and to be able to come here and to worship. This, this is an incredible place and this is an incredible church family. I'm so thankful to still be a part of this church family. And it's no, no more apparent than when you step outside of that and you're trying to create um, from nothing a church family that you learn of that value. Uh, and so words of encouragement are incredibly important and meaningful to us. But three more specific things, I guess, are a prayer team. We're forming a prayer team, hoping to gather hundreds of people, actually, from all over the world to sign up for this prayer team. Basically what all that means is that you would receive a monthly email from me and it would be a report with about four or five really important items that we're dealing with right now and I'll explain those to you and then basically you're committing to just bring those items to God in prayer. And so we want people all over the place, hundreds of people uh, praying for us uh, each month. And so if you're willing to, to actually invest yourself in prayer for us and to receive those monthly emails from me, it may actually be just a spur-of-the-moment email. I might send more than one uh, some months. If we're just dealing with something real difficult or hard, I'll send that out. I should mention as well that you'll, you'll likely receive some rejoicing emails as well because I want praise to be lifted up to God because because He's been doing stuff at Northern Hills Church. And so... 
if you're actually willing to be part of that prayer team, there's a sign up at the table that's out here by the TVs. And so if you can just put your name and your email address, we'll add you to that email list. Um, I'd be incredibly grateful. I'd be, that's, that's one of the most important things right now that we're needing to get into place is that prayer team. Uh, second, I guess, is some service opportunities. I was going to talk to Hope about this beforehand, but I never did. But um, there might be some opportunities this fall just in terms of supporting us and serving us. And, and Hope right now as a member of Calgary Church of Christ is is just helping us with some of our planning. But and one example would be she's going to be looking for child care for us for these eight weeks of training. we got like three-hour days. There's a lot we have to do, and we have 17 kids. We're actually outnumbered by kids right now, so um, we're going to have to do something <laughs> about that if we want to actually accomplish anything. So if you're willing to serve or help with anything like that, just some small items to support us, that would be, inc- that'd be incredible. And then lastly, obviously we're here this morning for a special contribution. Uh, and we're, we're obviously, if we're wanting to accomplish these dreams and these plans, we're in need of, of funds. And I want to just explain those to you as in a most exciting and fun way as I can. <laughs> um, go through numbers with you. I, I'm just going to share with you the, some of the, the basics, I guess, because I want you to understand where, not, not only where you're giving, but how it's contributing, how it's impacting us, and where we are in, in the planning of all of this. Right now, uh, our estimated expenses through to the end of 2014, and so throughout this fall, uh, all the pre-launch costs of, of basically... I guess starting up as a church, and then to get us through the entire fiscal calendar year of January to December of 2014, uh, our estimated costs are $207,000, which is daunting, until we realize that right now we have $142,000 of estimated contributions for that exact same period through 2014. $72,000 of that is coming from this Greater Calgary Church Planting Network, which I'm sure you've heard of before, but the four churches here in Calgary, Calgary Church of Christ is one of those, and then two organizations in the United States. I should mention that 72000 is the stuff that's, that's being contributed already. That's not including a special contribution from Calgary Church of Christ. So whatever comes in this morning will be added to that 72000 that's been contributed by the network. I hope that made sense to someone. <laughs> uh, and then obviously $50,000 is what we're estimating contributions from a membership. We're in, when you're 16 people right now and you have no idea how many people really are going to be there when you launch and throughout your first year, it's hard to estimate those kind of things, but we're, we're hoping that that's kind of a ballpark figure um, for what we're hoping to achieve through contribution. And then right now we actually have $20,000 raised uh, just from, from other places uh, at this moment and so right now what we're trying to raise is $65,000 but I I also want to actually really point out the fact that we're not trying to raise $65,000 here this morning that would actually be incredible and I I won't refuse that in fact I'd probably cry all afternoon in prayer if that happened but um but I think there's been a goal set of $10,000 uh, which is on par with actually what the rest of the network uh, people are are contributing. We're raising money from other places as well. And so uh, anything that we're able to raise this morning is going to be an incredible blessing and help uh, to us. And I just want to end this morning um, with something more important, I guess. And that's I shared with you kind of just my own personal journey and my own heart this morning as it's hurting and it's aching for the lost. And the, the passion I have right now, I hope you see is not for starting a church. It's to reach the lost of the city. And simply, planting a church is simply the path in which I'm taking in order to do that. Um, 
I just want to remind you again of that thought that transformed my heart. And that is, if I'm not concerned for the lost, I'm not concerned about the mission of God. And it's my encouragement to you this morning is to consider that thought uh, in, your, in terms of your own life. And I want to point out the fact that I don't actually believe that reaching the lost coincides specifically, necessarily, with planting a church. There are incredible opportunities that I know of because... I've recently been a member of this church. There are incredible opportunities in this church to reach the lost. In fact, your mission is to reach the lost, right? And so I just want to ask you to consider that. I encourage you to just think about this and, uh, I guess, meditate upon that thought. And largely to think about this, to think about where is God leading you? What path is he preparing you for as your heart is set on fire for the lost? As you, as you learn to understand this love that God has for the world, and as you have God's love in you, this love starts to pour out of you. Where is it that God's going to take you? Kelly is sitting here this morning. You have elders this morning. You have ministry leaders. You have a youth minister over here. There are incredible opportunities right now at the Calvary Church of Christ that are just sitting and waiting for people to have a fire set in their heart. As that happens, I just encourage you to look for for your leaders and to look for opportunities to serve this church and have this church, the Calgary Church of Christ, impact the city more. Thanks.